And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. I I got no kickoff episode question. Why don't you ask me a question? What do you you got for me today there? I have a question for you, Durango Canyon Matthews. Sure. The DC Matthews. Let me open up this delicious Yasso chocolate fudge pop to pop in my mouth while you ask me a question. Uh, This might be a relevant thing then. Uh, What would you do for a million dollars? No strings attached. What or who? Uh, what? what? What would you do? What would I do for a million dollars? Um, I suppose it depends on what I'm being asked to do. I don't believe I would. Uh, DC, I have behind me here a pile of money. I it see is that. I see that. One million dollars. And frankly, it's got your name on it. All you have to do to obtain this money is to do something. They got to impress me, but you got to do something. What okay. are you going to do to get that million dollars? It's a very open-ended question. Incredibly open-ended, yes. Um, you know, immediately comes to mind, I wouldn't hurt anybody. I don't, like... No, not ser- no hurting not, people. Okay. Not seriously, anyways. I, I mean, like, no, I would, in fairness, somebody would answer that question immediately... With I would I would kill somebody I would no. murder whoever you want me to murder somebody would say that so yes that's good I don't think there is I don't think there is a number I don't think there is a monetary value high enough that I would kill anybody okay. um, although you know there is that question you have this button you know you press this button somebody dies like if it was a certain you know well no I don't want to get topical. But you don't have to do any of that. What um, would you do? I would certainly drive to GQ's house and uh, slap him in the face or kick him in the balls. I would do that for a million dollars. That that would certainly happen. Um, w- and would part you of, obtain my Phantasm DVD as part of that encounter? Yes. All right. Okay. All yes. Right. While he was on the floor writhing, um, <laughs> cut, clutching his 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 gonads i would try to go in and figure out where the hell your phantasm dvd would be uh and and part of that is because he did text us and we'll we'll get into that um but you know he said he thought about being on the show but he has lost your microphone and as your friend that that hurts me so i i would you know what a jerk um what a would I shave my head for a million dollars? Yes, I don't think anyone's going to give me that for that s- small of a thing. It's true. Yeah, um, big gesture. What's the biggest gesture you would do for that million dollars? Would I stop podcasting for a million dollars? I don't mm. know that I could. I don't know that I could. Because now granted a million dollars is not enough money to retire, but it would certainly adjust the quality of my life absolutely i mean you could make do with odd jobs if you properly invested that bad boy into an annuity or something but i am but i am so 
into podcasting and I enjoy it so, uh, I All right. I think I could never watch wrestling again for a million dollars. Really? But you'd have a million dollars that you could spend on the network, uh, on premium live events, on yeah, I'm sorry, premier live events, premier live events, premier live events. I mean, you could spend it on on, on AEW Revolution this Sunday night. By the way, you're invited to Manson Manor. I know Thank you're not coming, you. but you are invited. Um. Yeah. I, you know. I because you and I could podcast about other stuff or about wrestling that we would just speak about having neither of us watched it as opposed to just you not having watched it. Um, that would be great. And I think I, between comic books and other TV shows and other, you know, pursuits, I could probably find ways of entertaining myself. Um, I mean, you, that, that actually is a pretty big gesture because you're giving up a main component uh, of, I don't want to say your personality, but at least one of the main things that you love to fill your leisure time with. So, I mean, that is a pretty grand gesture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would watch control your narrative wrestling for a million dollars. I don't know what that is. Uh, Apparently EC3 and Braun Strowman have created a wrestling promotion called control your narrative wrestling. Um, and, and why know, is it called that? Because everybody who works for them gets their own creative control? I I don't know. Huh. But not writing. What's wrong with me? Uh, but yeah, so. I've always wanted to work for Braun Strowman. I feel like that could, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, control your narrative has found its purpose. Uh, yep, they got Killer Cross involved, supposedly. I think they have like Austin Aries involved. So, you know, you know, it's Will winner is across the board. Um, there's something called the Rage Room, Rant Room, where, uh, let's see, hold on. Let me find the actual article. Uh, a VIP exclusive where you pay extra money and you go into a room. And your least favorite wrestler walks in and you can yell at them for three minutes with no consequence. This is, is this, is this satire? Is is this? No, a satirical? I don't believe this is satirical. I think they think this is a good idea. Huh? I mean, I'm sure somebody would, I'm sure plenty of people would pay that, but I don't see it being a viable business model, but Hey, I am not the sort of person who dreams big. I am not an entrepreneur. Um, perhaps perhaps it is a good idea, and I would not know a good idea if it uh, punched me in the nose. My rather sizable schnoz. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so people who have expressed interest um, or people who have asked to be part of the project. Let's see. Uh, Zach Ryder, Moose, Matt Seidel. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be good. I don't know, but it seems weird. I'm like, this is like Global Force Wrestling, but somehow less exciting. Mm. Wh- what would you do for a million, a million dollars? Would you give up horror movies for a million dollars? No. no, I couldn't do that. It's the only thing I like in this world still. And I've gone through a lot of things. 
It's not the only thing, but I mean that, that, I mean, I don't know. Your wrestling is a large part of your leisure time. At least it seems like it is. I may wind up regretting my decision. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like horror movies. I feel like are at least an equal part of my leisure time activity. I don't know if I could give that up. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I have like, I read comic books. I, you know, I would find other television shows to watch. If the baseball season ever starts, I could get invested in baseball again. Like I, there are things that I could do. Uh, I don't know that I would enjoy myself very much if I did these things, but that was, that was perhaps the biggest thing that I could think of. Like my biggest pull that I could do. Yeah. Um, I would quit my job for a million dollars. And I, I know that, I know that seems ridiculous, but like I'd go a step further. I would, I would never work again in the field that is relevant to my education um, for a million dollars. Do you think you could open that ice cream stand for a million dollars? I think you could open that ice cream stand for a million dollars. Absolutely. It's a genius idea. You see, you had that idea in college and I, every time I think of it, I'm like, you know, all it takes, sound good. All it takes is a little bit of capital and the huevos to be like, I'm going to commit to this. And you could do it. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, I would help. Um, I'd help a bestie commit insurance fraud. For a arson, dollars. dumping a car in a lake. Sure. Something like that. Um, I had something and then you got me with arson. And I was <laughs> like, oh. would you... Uh, now I'm starting to think of like jackass type stunts. Oh God! Would no, you go? Would you go into my scrotum to my leg? Would you go into like a full portable toilet and let someone roll you down a hill for a million dollars? One presumes that the basin in the bottom is full. Yes, a full. Yeah, not just a brand new one. I mean. Do I have you're, get, you're 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 getting up close and personal with excrement? The problem is, as somebody with training in microbiology, like there's too many ways for that to go completely horrendously wrong and really affect the rest of my life. So, like, if you told me I could wear like a hazmat suit, yeah, and like it doesn't even have to be like a real hazmat suit per se, like. It, a protective covering of some sort with goggles, um, you know, able to uh, put in uh, some nose plugs or something. I think I think I I think I would do it. The mm-hmm. thing I would be is the poop and the pee doesn't bother me. I mean, it does. It does bother me. Like, I'm not like rearing to go here, but like <laughs> I could get over that. Um, yeah, yeah, you heard me. Mrs. Vance just popped her head in the room. Um, yeah, like I'm not rearing to go or anything, but like I could get over that. The problem is I, I, you know, the the bacterial infections, the viral infections, the lifelong, uh, hepatitis and liver problems that might come from that. Like that's the kind of stuff I would be concerned with and why I would want some level of protection. Sure. Um, But like in terms of pure gross out, like I think I could get over that part of it for a million dollars. Sure. 
I, 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 would, I would go into a chamber. I, you know me, DC, or maybe I don't know if you know this or not. I don't care for insects that much. I hate spiders. I would go into a chamber of spiders. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long you'd want me to stay in there, but, you know, I would do an hour in the spider chamber for a million dollars. I think I could. I mean, again, it can't be a poisonous spider. I'm, I don't want to get bit and die. And, sure. and never collect my million dollars. But if it's just a matter of, you know, trying to overcome something that physically repulses me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Okay. So Chamber of Spiders. Um, all non-poisonous. But you can't wear clothes. Am I being recorded? Will anybody see my shame? No. Then I'm in. Okay. Could you give up? Could you go full vegetarian for the rest of your life for a million dollars? I don't think so. Not to say that. Here, here's the funny thing about that: if you gave me a million dollars, I could see a scenario. Well, I've got the money now. I'm gonna eat healthy, and I'm gonna cut meat out of my diet, and I'm going to largely just eat vegetarian for the rest of my life. Like I could see myself making a decision like that. Yeah. But if you're telling me that I got to sign in this dotted line that I'm never, ever going to eat meat again, like I feel like the amount of spite I would feel with myself for the rest of my life would be so overpowering that that's just not something I could allow myself to do because, yeah, I would want to murder myself. And that's just and it's all because I can't have it. That would be the problem. You know what I mean? Uh it would be one thing if I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm making this decision myself and I, if I really wanted, I could occasionally have it. That would be fine. But to say, nope, cannot have it. It's off the menu. Literally. Uh, yeah, I think I think that sort of denial would uh, would infuriate me for the rest of my existence. Yeah, that that's it. And, and you know, part of it is the. Like you said, the spite. Um but part of it also, I think, is you know you can't. Like you said, you may choose to do something, but knowing that you can't do it is a totally different thing. Yeah. Can would you be able to give up um ice cream slash dessert? Hmm. Or is it the same? Ice cream is my favorite dessert. I think I could give up ice cream. I think than, I could give up ice more cream. More than meat. More than meat. Okay. Only because like I feel like I for dessert I've got other options. And like I don't know how much of a stickler people want to be. Like I get it. Frozen yogurt is not ice cream. It's like even really good frozen yogurt to it's steal not, a line not the same at all. from the good place. It took something perfect and you ruined it a little bit so like but like it's it would it would scratch the itch enough and then i could go on to eat an entire cheesecake that i i think i think i could get past it but that is a big one because yeah ice cream is definitely one of my favoriteest things in the entire culinary experience sure so could i give up coffee for a million dollars i love my coffee 
and again, I feel like for some reason, I feel like that is more doable than than the meat. But why? Why is that more doable than the meat? Well, the coffee, I understand it tastes, I'm sure you think it tastes good, but. Oh, I love it. It's the caffeine. You can get caffeine elsewhere. Yeah. I don't think it's the caffeine that I really want, though. Is it the allure of the chicken wing? Is that the problem? Yeah, it's the, it's the allure of the chicken wing, of a perfect steak. It's the allure uh, 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 of, of chicken tenders. Uh, well, that's it. And meat is a more encompassing thing. If I told you you couldn't eat beef again for a million dollars, I would assume that would be easier. Yes. I still don't know if I would do that because I, I still think my idea of the perfect meal probably involves a steak. Could you imagine having a million dollars and being like, I can't have my perfect steak. Like I can't have my, per- my idea of a perfect meal. Well, it's what about lab grown? What about lab grown meat? You could, you could invest some money a little bit into like lab grown meat and you could have a steak. That's just not actual cow. That doesn't count because it's still cow meat. If it's, you know, it's lab grown. I mean, if it's, if it's molecularly the same, but you're saying I could do that, then I would do that. Absolutely. I mean, if that was the loophole, if that was allowed, oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'll eat lab-grown meat all day long. Sure. Well, but I think, you know, I, I am not an expert on this, and we're getting into a topic I never imagined, which is why I love this podcast so much. Um, I'm not an expert in this area, but I assume that vegetarians are not going to have as much of a problem with lab-grown meat. It's not involving the killing of an animal that I am aware of. So, I bet you some people would still have a problem with it, but they might. But it's a harder argument to make. Would would it be easier to give up steak or chicken? For me, it's chicken. I haven't had beef in weeks at this point, and I don't miss it. Although I'm probably having it tomorrow. I mean, I think giving up chicken would be the more difficult thing because it's so ubiquitous. Yeah, uh, and it's healthier, etc. But I feel like in the battle for Doc Manson's mind, giving up the steak is the harder ask. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my answer, DC. All right. Well, there we go. There's there's 18 minutes. We're (laughs) going to melt it away. Hey, I appreciate that you asked. I may we may have to start alternating questions because it never entered my mind to think of a question. I went straight from work to a meeting after work to coming home to eating to talking about, you know, talking to the wife and doing all my no follow up question was going to be, have you ever pooped your pants? So I guess it's good that yes. we, uh, uh, as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult. No. Okay. Well, no, no. Fully. No. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, did you watch any of the wrestling this week, Doc Manson? Um, not per se, no. What does I that didn't mean? watch any of the wrestling, but I read about some of the wrestling, oh, and I it. heard about some of the wrestling. Can I tell you, I watched some of the wrestling this week, and not my usual, you know, not from 20 years ago or 40 years ago. I watched current product wrestling this week. Can I ask what brand of product you watched this week? I watched AEW this week. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear all about it. I watched Dynamite and Rampage. Um, You know, I have said loads. Did you see friend of the show, Rachel in the crowd? 
I did not see friend of the show, Rachel in the crowd, though I believe, didn't she say she was going to send us something? Oh, yes. And instead, that has turned into an episode of Doc Talk that goes on for at least 45 minutes. Oh, okay. And I'll probably get that posted before this show is on the air. All right. Fair enough. Well, then I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. Um, No, I did not see Rachel in the crowd. Uh, I did realize it was from Connecticut, but yeah, I, you know, I've complained bitterly about the TNT app on, on the, the fire stick. And for some reason I was like, I should just look like on my Chromebook and you go to tbs.com. There's dynamite. Whether it just didn't have any ads or my ad blocker software worked well enough. There were no ads. Great. So if you if I was a type to screencast or whatever, I could have seen it on the big screen, but I just I happened to have multiple, you know, devices, so I had it running. I watched a tag team battle royal, which was entertaining as battle royals go. Um is it Red Dragon or Red Dragon? It's Red Dragon, although it should be Red Dragon or Yeah, Red it Dragon. should be. It should be Red Dragon. Uh, I got to see the Gun Club. Billy Gunn's kids. Uh, he's looking off to the side, which only means that food or water is being delivered. Thank you for the water and my toast. Toast. Maple cinnamon swirled ah, toast. There it is. Do we need to know what she would do for a million dollars? Have you asked her this question? I have not. I, okay. And she's walking <laughs> away. So I guess that's the end of that. Um, right. But yeah, you know, Red Thank Dragon you. is. Uh, Red Dragon is going to be wrestling, I believe, at uh, AEW Revolution, taking on um, the tag champions Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, Adam Page came out. There was an MJF promo I didn't watch because people said it was really long. I also Uh, heard it was really good, though. I had also heard it was really good, but then some people were like, it definitely seemed like MJF was trying legitimately to like gain sympathy. And I'm like, are we doing a double turn? Cause that would be a weird thing to do. I thought it was interesting. And it was the first thing that I have. Cause you know, on the show, on these airwaves, I railed against the ho hum, you know, Midwest old school heel antics that have been going on in this feud between MJF and CM Punk. This is the first thing I've seen that to me reads kind of fresh, looks kind of original is actually sort of furthering uh, some character development on the part of MJF. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I like the idea of him trying to garner garner some sympathy from the crowd. Uh, One of the, again, I did not see it, but the article I read about it says that as he was leaving, uh, he winked at the camera, so showing that he is just up to his tricks, perhaps. Um, I don't know. It's, it sounds real good to me. It sounds all right. I, you know, the the dog collar match is probably going to be great. Um, you know, it, those kind of matches tend to be good because they happen so infrequently. Um, but yeah, I was just... I. At this point in this, you know, I think for someone coming in, I was like, I'm good. I was there for the matches. And let's be honest, I was there to represent the family. 
because I am not the only Matthews in the world of wrestling. Buddy Matthews uh, made his AEW debut, uh, appearing at the end of the King of Kings of the Black Throne versus Death Triangle tag team match, which was very good, uh, and joining the House of Black. Um, I, so it was a, it was I, a combination of I will say it was a combination of Buddy Matthews and the return, and you will appreciate this, Lucha Underground fan of his now known as Penta Oscuro, but kind of a return to a Pentagon dark sort of character that I hope they do something with. I hope so too. Um, let me ask you a question though, uh, going back to Buddy Matthews? Matthews. Yes. He used to be Buddy Murphy, right? He was Buddy Murphy. Okay. Um, so Buddy Matthews. I know that he has a reputation amongst pro wrestling fans as being quite good and like being sort of like uh, untapped potential diamond in the rough. His, his, I don't know if it was an official nickname, but he was known as the best kept secret Mm, in WWE. So maybe again, so I, I, I might be way off on this in terms of the enthusiast audience. But, you know, going back a couple of weeks now, AEW's big announcement, right? Everybody was, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? And frankly, I won't say I was underwhelmed, but I was at best whelmed by the Uh, announcement of Keith Lee, right? I was going to say, I know it's not a huge announcement because I couldn't remember what it was. You were like, oh, yeah, he did have a huge announcement. I don't remember what it was, but I know it was supposed to be one. It was it was the debut of Keith Lee. Yes. And again, I was perfectly whelmed by that. In fact, we talked about in the show that was what I was anticipating before it was ever announced, etc. Um to me, then going on to the show this week and saying Buddy Matthews is all elite. Like I again, I feel a little bad saying this, but I feel like that even you like you take the level of Keith Lee and I feel like Buddy Matthews is one, two, three rungs of a ladder below Keith Lee in terms of it being an exciting announce. That's the sort of thing that I feel like you don't have to announce. Like, I feel like that's well, the level did. of talent that's just there or not. Am I, I, am I in the wrong here? Do you feel differently? No, I think I think the the difference is I think this is if you remember back in the the NXT days of yore when a big time talent would win a title for the first time they'd take a picture with Triple H. Um, to me, this is kind of that they are trying to get any you know notice to the fact that it's become you know, a trope and that, that whole so-and-so is all elite. You're absolutely right. Buddy Matthews is seriously below Keith Lee, which is why his debut, a, they didn't, you know, it was a surprise. Um, and of course they announced it afterwards, but he didn't make a debut in order to, um, you know, make a big splash. He is now the third man in a stable. Mm. Like you have Malachi black, you have Brody King. Now you have Buddy Matthews. 
I'm assuming and hoping that we get that trio versus Pac, uh, Penta, Dark, and the returning Ray Phoenix, who should be back, because that match will be incredible. But you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be at least for now, you know, sort of an ancillary guy, and that's okay. But they're gonna take every former WWE name or any indie darling if those still exist and do that so and so is all elite that's just what they do here's a question for you um maybe i'm thinking about this wrong then right that's not a question but go with me here maybe (laughs) i'm thinking about this wrong maybe so and so is all elite Mm -hmm. is not meant to be this 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 rousing announcement that, you know, unites your fan base and gets them in an uproar. Maybe it's really simply just their version of, you know, so-and-so has signed with the company. That's all it is. And having it on Twitter, having a picture of it makes it it feel bigger. Yeah. But maybe I, maybe we, we, me, we just shouldn't think about it that way. Well, the weird thing is, so AEW, I don't know that we can count Dark and Elevation as their developmental territory. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's, let's get, it's more their Sunday night heat, velocity. These are the wrestlers that we have on the roster that are not good enough or not in a story right now to make the main show. I do feel like it's more developmental when I look at like some of the women talent they put on those shows. Sure. But. But well, it's, but but it's a lot. But it's also a lot of here are five jobbers wrestling five, you know, got talented guys. Um, so you know, I they don't have a developmental. You know, when they made a big deal in NXT when Prince Devitt signed and Kevin Steen signed and Kenta signed. You know, I don't think they put pictures of it, but that was essentially that's kind of what this feels like. And then they kept going with it. And eventually it was, okay. these names aren't as big as the names you did at first. Um, But it's totally for social media. It's absolutely to get retweets. And, you know, that they are still a company that needs to get their name out there because you ask 100 casual wrestling fans who are going to watch WrestleMania. Do you know what AEW is? I don't know how many of them are going to know. I mean, I, I don't agree know what that number is in terms of getting their name out there, but I don't think I, I don't think anybody who doesn't know what an AEW is is moved by a photo of Buddy Matthews saying no. he's all elite. Is it for him? Maybe. Is it is it for the roster to be like you're going to get everyone gets this? So Samoa Joe's getting this. You're getting the exact same thing. It just, yeah, but see, the problem with that is like, again, to me, it starts to make it feel not special. And again, uh, we'll maybe keep, I'm thinking about it the wrong we'll way. We'll keep talking about it because I watched the show and I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the AEW's offerings last week. But it still feels like Tony Khan is the rich kid who's buying friends. Mm. I will say, you know, after having talked to Rachel and if you hear that conversation, I do kind of get that impression. You know, a lot of people online, I think I use this phrase when I was talking to her, like people 
complain about Tony Khan. You know, he's just a mark with a wallet, yada, yada. But like, I do get that impression to some extent. Not that it's a bad thing necessarily. He's got the money. That's how he wants to spend it. He's putting on a good product that's competitive. I mean, who the fuck cares? But yeah, I don't know. I just, mm, there is something about it that just seems off. I'm really tired of the big announcements. Apparently, we're getting a big announcement. Tony Khan's going to show up on Dynamite tonight, and I know he doesn't do that often, and that's great. But you can't have a big announcement every week, or it becomes when Tony Schiavone used to say that every episode of WCW Monday Nitro was the biggest night in wrestling history. Right. If everything's a big announcement, nothing is a big announcement. No, I agree. So, you know, maybe he's going to announce something actually big keith lee i like him don't get me wrong is he a big deal is he going to be wrestling for the uh aew championship i mean this is gonna sound weird too <laughs> especially maybe coming from me but like i feel like dan Housen was a bigger get than any of these guys and well i think that dan Housen. <laughs> I think that is specifically geared towards where you're getting your like yeah, you're getting you're your right. wrestling news from social media and from the probably showing my bias perhaps news sites. That's Danhausen's huge on social media and probably on internet news sites. If they, you know, right now you could uh, there's a world in which Tony Khan could show up. And we talked about this a few weeks ago with the big announcement. He could say, here's my big announcement. Samoa Joe, Claudio, a.k.a. Cesaro, Johnny Gargano, Bray Wyatt. They've all signed. They are all all elite. And that would be a huge announcement, and that would be a huge things of names. But again, it's who's wrestling for the title. Right now, you have Adam Cole versus Adam Page. Like, you have to have a main event tier of, like, five or six guys at any given time. What do you do when you got 20 of them? Right. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but they got enough people at this point to have two independent shows, like independent shows. You know what I mean? I'm Not that I'm advocating for a brand split here, but, like, you do have enough talent where I think you could take five guys on this show and five guys on that show. Yes. And then you would you would need more writers, I guess. But they've got enough people that are doing literally nothing. And that's the thing that gets me is they sign these people. And like, don't get me wrong, like going back not that far, they signed CM Punk. CM Punk has been an integral part of the product since then. I mean, even before that, John Moxley has been an integral part of the product for a couple of years now. Uh, more recently, they signed Daniel Bryan. He's become an integral part of the product. Absolutely. You signed Keith Lee. Has he been back on television since that first night? Uh, I saw him last. He took his, he did his honeymoon. Uh, if I, what I saw was there was a segment with him and Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. Now all of them are going to be in this ladder match. Um, and you get what? DC, I love you, but it was a rhetorical question. Oh. They signed Dan House. <laughs> I thought you were asking. They, they, they signed they, they signed Dan House, and he comes out, and I don't. They don't even really introduce or make a big deal or make. And then like the next couple of weeks, he just starts coming out with Orange Cassidy. 
What are you doing with him? He's there, but what are you doing with him? Buddy Murphy, what are you going to do with him? You put him as a third person in a six-man match. Like, that's great and all, but you had anybody that you could have put in that. Where's Darby Allen? What the fuck is he doing? And Sting, where are they? Like, they got, they have, and I, I know I realize at this point I'm starting to complain. I sound a lot like the people on online. You got all these people where you're doing them, but. Yeah, like at this point, you're it's signing a legitimate people. Qu- it's a legitimate question. Yeah, you're signing people th- to just sign. You're, you're, you're collecting Pokemon is what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, and I understand that there are a group of wrestlers who are on their way out. They were a part of the first, like Cody left. Um, I would not be surprised, especially having seen how Chris Jericho looks now. I think he'll be back in the WWE by fall yeah like he was in not very good shape for most of his aew career and now he's like got abs and he's shredded i'm assuming he's gearing up to go back to the company that like is gonna care how he looks aew just wanted his name right um so maybe you know those names are leaving but like you've got eddie kingston who's gonna wrestle chris jericho i think at revolution is he a top tier guy is he a you know, I find it fascinating that AEW has enough talent that you can have a serious, legitimate conversation about doing a brand split, the Dynamite brand and the Rampage brand. Sure. WWE is potentially, if not definitely, unifying their world titles at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns is champion versus champion. I assume one guy's going to walk away with both belts. Uh, right now, the plan, I believe, is for Charlotte to wrestle Ronda Rousey on night one and for Becky Lynch to wrestle Bianca Belair on night one. The only reason you do that is so the winners of those wrestle on night two and unify the belts. Like WWE, yeah. maybe they're not doing a brand split, but they're consolidating. AEW is expanding with such, you know, furor. And again, I liked what I saw from the company last week. I'm going to watch again this week, but they've got so much talent. You know, Eddie Kingston did a promo with, you know, there, we've got this big ladder match. What's the dark order doing? Nothing is the correct answer. You've got Jade Cargill, who's great. She's everything I think Sasha Banks should be, but isn't. Um, And then you've got Brian Danielson, who had an excellent, you know, main event match. But what's Andrade up to? Not much. Yeah. Maybe he. What's Sammy Guevara up to? Your TNT Andra- champion. Yeah. Wrestling, you know, Andrade. Um, you know, uh, not that Ty Dillinger was the be all end all, but he's still part of the company. Is that Sean Spears? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's doing something with Wardlow right now, at least. But yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean. I- you know, you've got Orange Cassidy, and I understand he, along with Danhausen, are not going to be top tier talents. They're there for the Wrestle Silly and all of that. Uh, it was great that uh, he won the match because Danhausen cursed him. Who did he curse? Uh, the guy that. Uh, so Orange Cassidy was wrestling one half of the acclaimed to get into the ladder match. And at some point, you know, Danhausen shows up dressed like one of the ring crew does his pose, which is supposedly cursing someone. And then, you know, 
the guy from the acclaim turns around, gets hit with the Superman punch that I think is hilarious as Orange Cassidy's move. He's got the same move as Roman Reigns <laughs> and loses. That's awesome. So it was fun. it was a hilarious ending, but it was, you know, an, an interesting way to go there. But it's going to be fun. You know, I it's a Sunday night. Come to revolution. You only have to stay it's, for an hour. It's a Sunday night. I may make an appearance. I I am I have a far better chance of making an appearance this weekend than at any other time there's been an AEW show because it does look good. Yeah. Um. I was debating the merits. I'm like, should I just should I give them my money? Should I give them the sixty ridiculous dollars that they are charging and just watch it? And I, I was like, I can't justify it. No. But. I was like, do I put, do I grab my eye patch and my wooden leg and try to, you know, shiver me timbers and find a way to watch it somehow? But it would, you know, it was entertaining, but there are, there are issues I foresee with that company because eventually your WWE, you have too much talent and all the people, you know, everybody's going to want their favorite to be in a big deal. And that can't happen. You can't have everybody in the big deal. I mean, speaking of the WWE and their consolidation, I think I read this week that for WWE 2K22, the video game, yeah, like 40, 40 members 40%. of that roster are no longer with the company. Something like 40%. Oh, 40%? I thought it was like literally 40 people. It might be because it's a huge roster. Yeah. But. It's somebody I thought I saw like 39.8% wow. of the roster. And part of that is you did all of like this, this, this video game was so long in development and you had all of these releases. So yeah, they're going to be people that they did the work for. Oh yeah. You oh, might as well put them in. Yeah. But are you excited for edge versus AJ styles? No. Okay. Are you excited for Logan Paul to team with the Miz, whoever the hell Logan Paul is? Definitely not. Yeah. Logan Paul's a trash person. Is he the one that did this whole suicide yeah. forest? That's him? That's him. Yeah. I will, I will be skipping that match. <sighs> Are you excited? For yeah, our emails? No. Oh. One more thing before we get to the emails. Are you excited that potentially if you buy the rumor online? We're going to watch Vince McMahon wrestle Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. I mean, you are. No, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going to watch it. If that, if that, ha- like, I, I want the archive. WWE will have my Patreon money for as long as Doc Manson loves me enough to keep paying for it. But if that's all it takes. I just have to stop loving you because well, I'll stop paying that tomorrow. <laughs> No, notice I didn't ask that question oh, oh. for the million dollars. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're going to drag out a 76-year-old man to wrestle a guy who's not even a wrestler. That's the problem. I hope, this is the problem I, I hope, have with WrestleMania this year. Is The only way yeah. I think I was going to watch WrestleMania was if we made it a social event. But with it being split across two days, I can't imagine anyone in my social circle 
coming over for two nights in a row. I will be there for NXT at 11 a.m. You bet your bippy I will be there. I mean, the door will be locked, <laughs> and you're just going to be ringing the doorbell over and over. But Come on. No. Do I have any matches for that? I don't know. Might be like Pete Dunne in a ladder match or something. I don't know. I hope the ladder wins. <laughs> Harsh. Oh, no. All right. Uh, before Again, before we get to the emails, the thing that GQ sent us before you yelled at him about your Phantasm DVD. Oh, yeah. Uh, report that AEW and HBO Max have agreed to a deal. So they would have the whole back catalog of AEW, which for me as a completionist would be amazing. And then there's also uh, that Tony Khan has secured access to a wrestling promotions catalog, possibly Ring of Honor. If that's the big announcement, great. Then that's that is worthy of Tony Khan. That is worthy of the phrase "big announcement." You're going to be on a major streaming service. You've got the rights to a company that every big star, for the most part, of the last twenty years was a part of. That's a huge deal. I'd be that interested is to know um, if there's any truth to any of this. If the HBO Max deal would be simply the back catalog, or would I be able to legitimately watch the new product or pay-per-views or something somehow? Could we work this out, please? Where I can watch I, everything in one place, please? I would assume. I would assume it would be the back catalog and pay-per-views. And then I will say I'm not sure HBO Max has the ability to live stream. Does oh, it? Do they do other sports events on there like boxing or anything? I have no idea. I don't pay attention that much to I feel like it's just a on-demand streaming service, but I don't that, know that. That for is sure. a great question cuz that will definitely um I don't want to say taint. That will definitely impact <laughs> what, uh, what how big of an announcement this is. Yeah, if I can possible. go watch the last two years, great. But if I can't watch the current stuff, you know, it's fine by me because we pay for, or we don't pay for, we have HBO Max anyways. But mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. Well, I look forward to seeing what it is. I don't know that I'll watch the announcement if I'm watching it after the fact, but I hope it's big. That would be a huge deal. That would put them, you know, very close to a conversation at that point. Like it feels like Vince is getting ready to sell or at least WWE is putting them in a position to. So we do have emails podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We have six of them. One came in while we were chatting away. Our first one is from Mrs. Manson, and for some reason, it's titled Horse Snot. I have ideas. Dear Durango and Doc, I'll happily share how I was wooed. Early on, Doc and I went for a walk where horses were out nearby. I approached their enclosure to say hi and learned the hard way that, yes, horses can sneeze, as one sprayed me from shoulder to fingertips in their sneeze juice. that a technical term? Apparently. Thankfully, I had tissues and hand sanitizer in my purse, and Doc didn't run away screaming, telling me how gross I was as I was covered in horse knot. Instead, we both laughed about it as I cleaned myself up, 
And in that moment, I realized I could be 100% my crazy animal loving self and he'd always be there to support me. Good times, great oldies. Love, Mrs. M. Thank you, Casey. Were you were you uh, secretly disgusted? Were you impressed at how well she handled it? Handled it? I think I just were, laughed. Were you, were you slightly? <laughs> were, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was fine. Whatever. It's a little horse nut. Don't think I've ever been sneezed on by a horse. Yeah, I mean, it was a powerful sneeze. She was definitely... They're powerful animals. She was definitely caught off guard. You could see it in her face. (laughs) She didn't know how to react. There was a moment where it was just that blank stare like... And I think think my laughing probably actually helped the moment. Um, I would would assume so. That's the right response. Because if you had been like, that's gross. Right? Get away from me. Uh, Our next... uh, Email comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter, titled Episode 309. Hello, guys. I don't have much for you this week on vacation in Turks and Caicos. First vacation in five years. I wanted to mention that I forgot to put my rescue dog's name, the one with the ears. Her name is Gloria. Gloria. I have a great idea. Can she be the official mascot of the podcast? Do you guys have pets? See you next week. Hope you get another Baker's Dozen. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter sent from my iPhone. Okay. Jeffrey, honey, Mooney, Kiki, how do you not know about Oscar? Yes. If there is a mascot, first of all, it was Lindsay Dorado. Yeah, that's true. It was Lindsay Dorado. <laughs> and then there was the dragon that my dad carved that had the little DDT flag. But if we're going to have an actual animal mascot, it's Oscar. Yeah. So uh, this is Manton and I do have a pet. It's a miniature uh, dachshund, long haired, uh, dappled coat. Um, he is stubborn and lovely and nearly 10 years old at this point. So, wow. um, yeah. For a million dollars, would you never have another pet again? Probably not. Probably not. Like you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting Oscar taken away. No. But No, I think uh I think there are more animals in my future. Recent or near future or extended future? Either. I'm open. If I show up for revolution on Sundays, there's gonna be a second dog that's so I get each of my legs humped at the same time. <laughs> I mean Probably not for revolution, but maybe someday. All right. I I have no pets. My parents have just recently gotten their fourth white German shepherd, but this one looks more like a fennec fox or a jackrabbit. It is no it is like no white German shepherd I have ever seen before. Uh her name is Pearl. She weighs 19 pounds. My parents are very proud, but apparently she thinks every time they reach down to pet her that they have food, so she jumps up and bites their hands. There's a picture in the Bessie chat. Jeffrey, if you're going to get Twitter, just get it for the Bessie chat, really. Every time uh, you say Pearl, I know it's the name of your parents' dog, but it just makes me think of one of the villainous mad scientists from MST3K for a while, Pearl Forrester. Um, I don't know why, but that's what Pearl will always be to me. No, it was better than Mabel for sure. Um and now they can call since since she's small, it's Mini Pearl okay. from like, you know, the Grand Old Opry. 
Uh, Nate, the weekliest of emails. Good evening, my friends. Can you believe it's March already? Time goes by way too fast, and I feel like I've done nothing so far this year. For the last few years, I've only known what the date is because of what movie is coming out each week. I love movies with all my heart, like Doc and Horror. Movie theaters are one of my few happy places in life. Numero uno, what are one of your happy places? Numero two, three hidden gem facts that many people about you know. Numero three, who as a character are you more fond of, Superman or Batman? Your bestie, Nate. Uh... I also enjoy a movie theater under certain conditions um, with not a lot of other people in the theater. I don't like a full movie theater. It depends. That, to me. As somebody who I understand. loves horror movies, there is something yeah. about the opening night experience of a brand new horror movie that is full to the house as long that as it's sense. a nice vocal crowd. It's not the way I want to experience every movie. But there's something about that experience for the right movie uh, that can be a ton of fun. Yeah. I prefer a fairly empty theater. Um, outside of that, really anywhere by the ocean is one of my happy places, I would say. Uh, three hidden gem facts. Not many people. Where, where's your happy place? Were you going to also go with the movie theater? Mm, I don't know. You told a pretty good story. Movie theater. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a happy place, movie it's, not, it's gonna night. be boring. But it's probably like my couch. You know what I mean? Like that's a good happy place. It's one of the few places where I could just lay back, veg out, do whatever it is I need to do. You do have a nice couch, I will say. Thank you. The chaise is my favorite part of it. Yeah, I know because I've never sat. Oh no, I actually think I sat on it once, and you like looked at me, and I just got up and, and I put you in a headlock, <laughs> and I wrestled you out of it. Uh, three hidden gem facts not many people know about you. Ooh. Well. I think we got to go back and forth on this. Or are we doing three facts between the two? Shall we, shall we answer his question as it is intended? Or shall we slightly obstruct and do three facts about us that not many people know? And it has to be a fact that includes the both of us. Yes. That's a brilliant idea. Um. Of course, what are we what are we counting as things that people may not know about you? Like, okay, for example, uh, here's here's one. You can tell me if you think this counts. Sure. For the first two years that we knew each other, Doc and DC were not friends. Yes. I think I think we've talked about that enough, but I will I will piggyback that into this. We started living together junior year of college, and the reason why. We were we were planning on living in uh, like a suite, a four person suite, two bedrooms, and both of us wanted to room with tall guy. Yes, which on saying that out loud now, it sounds insane. Is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, and so you, I think, came to see me, or you were in the area, and we happened to chat because it was it was you, me, tall guy, and the puppet guy. And you were like, we both want to live with tall guy. I think it's going to be an issue if either of us get it. So why don't we live together? And let tall guy live with the puppet guy. 
Will so going in, I was like, "Yep, I think this is it's it's logical, it's smart. I don't know how it's going to go." We wound up connecting on more levels than I think either of us expected, mm. and Tall Guy almost died multiple times because he he and the puppet guy almost killed each other. Yeah, they did not get along at all living together. It was hel- and, and and I think we both enjoyed oh, yes. their suffering, <laughs> which is what which is what. <laughs> The Schadenfreude was hilarious. You know, all my best relationships, I feel like, are born from a kernel of spite. Um, <laughs> and that's that that would be ours for sure. Um, a fact about us that we do not. Uh, this is not a story. I, I may have told this story before. I realize when you listen to like and you've probably heard this on like Giant Bombcast, the podcast that you listen to for years you're going to hear every story multiple oh, times yeah. just because um, my wife and I were dating and then we stopped dating for a little while. Um, and I remember vividly uh, we're sitting in, you know, one of the apartments that we lived in two floors, the second floor bedroom, small hallway bedroom. So we are sitting at desks and we can look across the hallway at each other. And I remember at one point, like it's we're we've broken up, but obviously there's still feelings for each other and neither of us are happy. And I remember at one point, like looking over at you and being like, am I getting back together with her? And you kind of looked over at me and you were like, I think so. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, yeah. Okay. If doc says so, then yeah, then that must be a good idea. Doc only has good ideas. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was, that was something. And, you know, I, my mind was 99% made up, but just the fact that you were, you know, you were like, yeah, I think so. I was like, yeah, okay, this is right. And considering we've now been together for married for 10, almost 11 years coming up. So I think so. Uh, all right. That's two ish. Two and a half ish. Do we have one more? Do we go with we were both groomsmen in each other's weddings? Hmm. Is that is that enough? <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> Does that count? I, I mean, I, yeah, that counts. Um, let's see, we've never taken a vacation together. We've no. never taken a shower together. No, ne- but I do remember at one point grappling with you <laughs> um, in limited clothing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I definitely probably was like on your back, putting you in yes. a headlock or a hug or something. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure at one point. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. T-shirt and boxers. And I'm pretty sure my head was between your knees. And I was like this. <laughs> Sorry. Don't choke on that ice cube. <laughs> but that's literally what it was. Because <laughs> I do remember at one point being like, I don't think this is how most roommates interact. <laughs> I don't remember your head being between my legs, but you would probably remember it might not better have been. than I. I might just be hoping. I don't know. <laughs> um, we played the hell out of the X-Men Legends games. The whole series. Hello there. Come back Any- anytime. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we also watched, I think, multiple seasons of Mythbusters. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was just background noise. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, Superman or Batman? Uh, Batman. 100% Batman. Yeah. Uh, have you seen, and I don't probably not because it just came out yesterday, 
the pitch meeting on 1989's Batman? Yeah, I did watch it, actually. There was a line. We watched it because we're old people and we fell asleep really early. We were awake at like two in the morning for like an hour before going back to sleep. There was a line in there that we laughed at for a solid two or three minutes. Oh. And then the Joker said, <laughs> never rub another man's rhubarb. Yeah. It runs yeah. away. And for whatever reason, it would just could not stop laughing. It was so funny. Yeah, that was good. Uh, thank you for the email, Nate. Che chimes in with national old. I love that he's using he's using the DC and Doc talk. Let's look up what holidays there are. Uh, national Old Stuff Day. Happy National Old Stuff Day to my American brethren. In honor of the day, what is one item you can't bring yourself to throw away or reluctant to part with in the past? On the other side of the coin, is there anything you've thrown away and come to regret doing so? All the best, guys, and hope you enjoyed the AEW pay-per-view should you choose to watch it sent from my skeletal remains in the afterlife. Wow. Jay. That, that advanced quickly. We'll miss you. Uh, one item you can't bring yourself to throw away or were reluctant to part with in the past. I have a collection of, you know, there was a while there where I was collecting baseball shirts. I wanted one from almost every team. Um, a lot of those either no longer fit or are just probably ridiculously stained from cooking. But because I had such a big collection, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I'll either figure out a way to clean the oil stain out of this, or I'll eventually lose 30 pounds and fit in this again. Mm, yeah. So I should probably get rid of those. We don't, we're not very nostalgic for stuff. So if this doesn't have a practical use, we tend to get rid of it. I had held on to. Um, like some flowers, roses, a couple of roses, like stem roses from a couple of funerals, um, grandparents okay. and things like that. And for That's a long nice. time that those sat on a, a shelf, uh, even in the, in the, even in Manson Manor, those have been there. But more recently we were sort of reassessing some stuff and reorganizing some things. And I finally just looked at them and I was, I was reluctant to part with them, but sure. They're, just dead flowers at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I, I did yeah. let those go. That do doesn't affect my other memories. You know, it's not like I was staring at them and that was causing me to remember or whatever. Yeah. So sentimental, perhaps, but sure. Uh, is there anything we've thrown away and come to as a kid? Oh, God, I had Legos. I had uh wrestling figures i had all of like, your toys from when you were a kid clearly yeah I mean. action figures comic books like all of that stuff that i should have kept if only for nostalgia but also you know some of it might be worth something and i had no desire to keep them um or my parents just chucked them yeah but uh i had as a yeah. kid like basically and this was a big collection of toys because there were a million Ghostbusters toys. Um, sure. But I had like every single one of them. Like my parents totally indulged me. I had that entire toy line except for two uh, pieces from like very early on. Other than that, I had them all. Very lucky. Can't complain. I have no idea what happened to them. Nobody seems to know what happened to them. And that is a regret for sure. Cause yeah. I would love to have held on to those 
If only to sell them on eBay, because holy crap, that would have been awesome. Yeah. My parents have said that they kept some of my stuff uh, in the hopes that if they had grandchildren, that my grand their grandchildren would be able to use it. And I, I want to be like, I don't think that's happening. So can I, like, I have a classroom. Can I have the books, please? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Glenn, the bestest of all besties, T for two. Hi, guys. Following on from a conversation I had with Jer Bear on Sunday, I will ask the same questions of you. Is it tea, coffee, both, or neither? Also, if you do, how do you take them? Hot with milk and sugar or cream or iced tea or coffee? There's hoping for another baker's dozen. Thanks, Glenn. We got a half dozen. I'm happy with that. Um, you, we talked about it earlier in the show because you said you weren't sure if you could part with it for a million dollars. Walk people through your your preferred cup of joe. I just like coffee. Any type of coffee. I'm good with coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. I like coffee. Um, I like regular coffee. I, I like uh, dark roast. I like a nice breakfast blend. I, I, I like a medium roast. I like flavored coffees. I like French vanilla. I like hazelnut. I like uh, all sorts of different uh, beans from different parts of the world. Uh, I love it all. And I, 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 I do tend to take my coffee hot and with um, with some cream or half and half. And that's it. No sugar, no nothing. But, you know, it also depends, though, because I will say, if uh, while coffee is definitely my preferred beverage, uh, I will drink tea. I like tea. There's plenty of teas I like. Black tea, green tea, white tea, herbal teas. I like all the teas. I like them hot. I like them cold. I like them iced. Um, you know, I like a nice hot white tea. Uh, with maybe a little bit of jasmine in it and like some coconut flavored agave would be mwah, delish to get a little fancy with my teas. Um, I like black tea plain. I like it with honey. I like it with lemon. I like it with a little bit of milk sometimes, occasionally. Um, not often though. Um, yeah, so both, but I could give up tea if I had to for a million dollars. Sure. Yeah. How about you, DC? I uh, I don't drink coffee. The times I have tried it, I haven't liked it. And once you've added like the twelfth sugar packet, you're like, at this point, uh-huh. what am I drinking? Um, I will drink an iced tea. My my mom makes a nice iced tea. I will drink an iced tea like in Arizona or something like that, uh, if it is available and there's not much else available give me a half uh, iced tea half lemonade mm. that's delicious i will is that arnold palmer yeah is that what they call it yeah yeah i'm a fan of that um but yeah no not not for much not much for me water the occasional soft drink these days uh, and of course you know it's still water but i'm down to carbonated one, two, water three, uh, i i have seven full eight packs Plus one that I'm working through. Okay. So we haven't gone through I, that. I'm not many doing bad. Yeah. Not doing bad. Trying to limit myself to you know two a day. I, I should pop this one since I drank one during the podcast. I pulled out a second one, but I'm think I'll I think I'll make it. Right. But but yeah, no, I'll take myself through. Thank you. 
Our final email comes from Bosk, a.k.a. Forrest. There is no subject. Dear DC and Doc, haven't heard the previous episode yet. Was under the weather the past few days and stuff happening with work. I hope to get to it tomorrow on my day off. Sorry. Not a problem. Maybe I'll forgive you. Is there a bracket coming for March Madness? I know that there Great has question. been serial movie monsters, comic book characters, Thanksgiving sides, and maybe pumpkin spice items. Thoughts on a bracket? 80s cartoons? Wrestling promotions champions? Get stars on a TV show? Keep up the good work. Best to you and yours and the besties sent from my banana phone. Banana phone. Ding dong, ding um, dong, ding dong, ding dong. A TV show bracket would would be good. I know that uh, the New Day podcast has done that, but screw them. They're pretty much done. So we could we could copy that idea. Um, I haven't thought about it until you just mentioned it because it's only March 2nd. I haven't really processed that it's March. But I will start putting something together for us because that's a great idea. We need a March Madness bracket. In fact, we might need March Madness br- multiple March Madness brackets, because you know me, a, I'll take a bracket anywhere I can get it. And then if we, if we if we do a bracket like every week this month at the end, we could do a March Madness bracket of brackets and we could decide which bracket was the best of the brackets. Don't threaten me with a good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we would include wrestling, though. I feel like our brackets have to be non. Otherwise, let's just make a list. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Okay. Uh, What I do want to do is find out from you, Doc Manson, what your piece of positivity is as we head into the days before AEW Revolution. Yeah. Um, Well, I can't can't say... um, you know, I, can't, I don't think I, can, I don't think I can give it to Rachel two weeks in a row. I had fun talking with her the other night, uh, talking about her AEW stuff. I I'm gonna really uh, I look forward to getting that up online for everybody to hear. Um, but so that was a good time. That was a highlight of the week. But I am gonna go with I have finally been sitting down and watching um, the Zhuan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the, the original Japanese uh, movies that were eventually brought to America as The Grudge, remade as The Grudge, The Grudge 2, oh, yeah. 3, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, turns out, like, so this director, this Japanese director, he first made a couple of shorts. And I haven't seen, I haven't found the shorts yet um, to watch them. But first there were these two shorts, like proof of concepts, kind of, of the idea. Then he yep. made... I'm not sure if they were really made for TV movies or not. I don't know if like if they showed on TV, but they were like that level of production, you know? So he made The Curse and The Curse 2. And it wasn't until you get to the third film that we even get to the film that the original series calls The Grudge. Um, so at this point, I've watched the, the 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 TV movies, I've watched The Grudge, and I've watched the Japanese Grudge Two. I watched that last night, and I gotta say, I've really enjoyed these films. I have previously seen the the Japanese Ring films, Ringu, uh, yeah. and so forth, and you know, I liked those movies, but they were all pretty much solid, like three star movies for me. They were more sort of uh, procedural. 
some interesting ideas, but a little bit dry in the execution. These movies, these movies are really something else, I think. Um, they make really great use of sound effects, just simple things like 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 this clicking noise, uh, a cat meowing, uh, just the music in general. They make really um, really inventive use of visuals and, and the su- different sorts of horrific supernatural things going on, like especially like going through some of the TV movies, the second one, the curse Two, and then some of the visuals in the first, the grudge. Um, some of those visuals were really quite impactful and very, uh, very interesting to me. I really enjoyed those films. I didn't enjoy the, uh, the grudge Two quite as much as the others, but even that one did have some nice improvements uh, in some of the aesthetics for sure. Um, and then the other thing that I think was really interesting about these films is all of them, unlike, well, I've seen the American version, but it's been a while since I've seen The Grudge with Sarah uh, Michelle Geller. I can't remember for sure, but I feel like that film was very much uh, set up structure-wise like a traditional American film, right? All the Japanese films thus far have been set up in vignettes. Like there's a series of six vignettes and each vignette you know has a title which is usually a a character's name and so you switch between characters in each vignette almost like it were an anthology film but like the stories are interwoven and if you're paying attention like sometimes you'll see characters from the other vignettes in the background you'll see where things start to cross over and the other thing is like not all the vignettes are told in chronological order. So things are sometimes happening out of sequence. And, I, and to me, as somebody who does like to really pay attention to film, like, you know, piecing it together and seeing the threads come together, like they're really good, interesting films. Like I was, I was not expecting that from it. Cause again, the American film, I, again, I seen it. It was okay, whatever. But these are original Japanese films. Really quite good. And I think that's part of why I didn't like The Grudge 2 as much, the Japanese The Grudge 2, is because that was, it still was told in that vignette format, but it seemed to be the one that was most um, structured like a traditional film. It was mostly linear and, and it was definitely very clearly telling one overarching story. So it, it was, it was the, most similar to, to your traditional structure, although, again, still not completely. But some of the other ones, I, really different. I really enjoyed the, the method of the storytelling. Again, really effective use of sound. Some of the visuals are really cool. The way um, that Keiko, uh, that's the, the black-haired sort of villainess of the series, the way that she sort of crawls around like her... It's really weird because they never really explain it, like why she sort of crawls, slithers, and like she was murdered, of course, uh, and that's why this this grudge begins, right? They never go into it, but like I like to, f- I love the ambiguity of it because I sort of fill it in myself. Like, did she have her joints broken when she was murdered? Like, is that why she moves it's the way that she does? Like, I don't know, like having that ambiguity and letting my brain fill in is always something that I enjoy. And then the other part of it is, don't get me wrong, there are some gross visuals and stuff like this, but I mentioned this to Mrs. Manson last night. Like, 
all like the real, and maybe this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler. If you want to watch these movies, maybe you skip this. I don't know. It's not that big of a spoiler. It's not a story thing. Um, but like, like, you know, she will like approach the person that's in danger in, in your traditional sort of horror sequence. Right. And like, she gets close to them, but like they never really occasionally, they I mean, occasionally, but for the most part, they never show you anything. Like she gets close and then the camera cuts and it goes somewhere else. Like you never see any of the gore or any of the stuff that you think you're going to see. Right. And it, they just, they let you use your imagination on a lot of it. And I don't know, man. Like I really do appreciate a lot of that subtlety, um, the, the inventive storytelling. It all comes together really, really well. I enjoyed those films a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and and the best part is, you know, it's kind of silly because like, okay, you made these two TV movies, you made these other two movies, and it's all about ostensibly the same thing, right? It's about this woman who was murdered and now you go in the house and, and you get cursed and they come after you or whatever, right? Real surface level stuff. But like, even like the... F- I don't know. Like, I don't know if I expected like those those real movies to be remakes of the TV movies or something, but they're not like they're all still progressing the story and like stuff from those earlier films. I was really surprised because I almost felt like the grudge was going to be a break in continuity from the curse and the curse Two. right. They didn't call it the curse three, um, but like it continues the story like stuff that happened in those. Are, like you don't have to know any of it to understand the grudge it faces. Like I don't think you have to watch the first two. You could pick up at the grudge and you'd be fine. But if you did see them, like you have more base, like you know where that character is from, and like you've seen part of their story before. And and again, like as I, I feel like as a consumer of movies, like that is a very rewarding experience, a rewarding progression to the story. Um, so yeah, really surprised by that series, the Japanese series, Juan, The Grudge, um, really enjoying it. There's more films to be made. There's a break of like five years now between those first four films and the next ones. But, and the other thing that's really cool about it is, sorry, I keep going on. I keep coming up with new things to say. The thing that's really cool about it is it's the same writer director. He did those shorts. He did the TV movies. He did those first two movies. And then that Japanese director literally came to Hollywood. He's the same guy that wrote and directed the American version. And I don't quote me on this. He might've done the grudge too for the American audiences as well. Like that is so uncommon to get the exact same creative writer director to do six movies in a damn row. Plus the two shorts before that to be this sort of create and to be iterating and still being creative. Like that is, that is something special. Like you don't see that very often. Even your Friday the 13th, your Nightmare on the Elm Streets, right? Wes Craven only directed the first Nightmare on Elm Street and then he came back for the, the seventh one. But you know what I mean? Like you don't get that uninterrupted sort of auteur uh, 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 treatment of this type of material. And I, I think that is really cool and probably is why those films end up being as cohesive and rewarding as I found them to be that's my piece of positivity i will shut up now dc matthews uh what is your piece of positivity for this week i'm really tempted to be like i had a good bagel <laughs> <laughs> that's it 
How do you not have nightmares? That's what I want to know. Because I was like, you mentioned the joints. And I was like, I don't know if I know this. And so I typed in the grudge Keiko or whatever her name is. And just the the first like three images that came back, I was like, okay, I'll never sleep again. <laughs> All right. That was terrifying. I mean, I guess you get desensitized eventually. And, but... and let, me, let me more rephrase. How did your wife not have nightmares? That's more of what I want to know. She's used to it at this point. She's desensitized. That's probably true. Um. Well, let's see. I should have been using all of that time that you were talking about that epic movie to uh, our movie series. Sometimes, sometimes I will come downstairs after spending all night up here recording and she will be watching a horror movie on her own. And I'll be like, what the hell? I wanted to see this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah. What did my wife watch? There was something she watched, and of course, now I can't remember, which means I must not have cared that much. But there was something, oh, uh, the 355 on Peacock, which was not good. Trust me, it was not the good. The 355? Which is some uh, movie with uh, Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, and Penelope Cruz, a bunch of international female- I know who Penelope uh, Cruz is. Female- um, Secret agents, international, oh, who have okay. to join together to stuff. So it wasn't it wasn't great, but she watched it while she was home on vacation last week, and I was like, I thought we were going to watch it, and so then she was like, Well, we can, and I was like, halfway through, I'm like, You've already seen this, and you didn't like it. She's like, I know, but you said you wanted to. So uh, let's see. I don't know if I've mentioned the big thing, and I probably alluded to this on a previous week. I don't know if I mentioned the whole thing about tables in my classroom and how I've been able to transition back to tables, which I like. Uh, I now have a a coat room that had been, you know, essentially covered, you know, door entryways blocked. So it was just a closet. But my classroom is starting to more resemble what it was like uh, before the pandemic. I understand the pandemic is not over in the next, I'm assuming in two weeks, uh, it'll be optional to wear masks in the classroom. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but I do feel a bit like I am able to do things that I was able to do pre-March of 2020. So that has been nice. Uh, and I will also say I started re-watching Markiplier, Bob, and Wade doing The Forest. Okay. I didn't realize that I hadn't finished it. <laughs> I haven't started that so, yet. I'll have to do that. Uh, have you played the game? No. I'm aware of okay. it, but I have not played it. It's it, you know, it it has enough elements of Seven Days to Die that I was interested. I started looking into. I want a game like that that has much less of the horror aspect, and you know, like I want to be able to do that. And I basically was told we'll play Minecraft. That's and I'm exactly like, well, I want better, what I was going to say. I want better graphics, obviously. Like I want the graphics of like a of the forest or seven days to die, but yeah, without the but there's some very interesting. Uh, you want to talk about horror? There are some there are some creatures in this game that are mm. very unusual looking, um, but it's entertaining, and you know I I have enjoyed uh, that. I also watched while I'm on the subject something from their very early days which makes me glad we did not get into YouTube. They are 
it was like a it wasn't a video game thing at all. They were seeing how many essentially how many warheads they could fit in their mouth oh. at one time. And at they one give point they were chemical like burns. Yeah, at one point they were like, I can feel like my taste buds or pieces yeah. of my tongue falling yeah. off. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. And I was like, that was the kind of dumb stuff that, you know, some people felt like you had to do to build a YouTube channel. And we would have been right there. Oh, yeah. We would have been dumb as hell. <laughs> you and I and tall guy and puppet guy. <laughs> like, uh, hey. But yeah, no, things are not bad. Not bad at all. All right. Um, I, this popped into my brain probably because I was just talking about movies. I think like just last week, maybe you were asking me, is there any movies that I'm looking forward to? And I came up with one that I actually think looks really good. I only wanted to mention it because I think you should watch the trailer for this because I I don't know. It's it's not exactly the same tone. Like, I don't feel like it's as live action cartoony, but like in my brain, it is occupying a similar space to Kung Fu Hustle in some ways. Not entirely, but. Um, there's this film coming out. It's coming out, I think, the end of this month called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And I don't know. The trailer looks real fun to me. Looks real fun. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I am writing it down. I pulled out one of my trusty index cards. Everything Everywhere All at Once. I will be sure to check out the trailer. Yeah. And, remember, and somehow it's like... it's. And I don't know if this does it a disservice, but like in my brain, it's it's like the Matrix by way of Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, like Ooh. I, I don't know. It's again, it's not quite as cartoony, combo. but I think it is somewhat cartoony. I don't know. Well, just watch the trailer. I've been intrigued by it. Well, I find it interesting because I thought you didn't like trailers. I don't for a lot of things, but I have been finding myself watching more trailers recently. Have you seen the trailer for the new Jurassic World movie? Yes. Yes, I have. That doesn't look bad. I've never been a Jurassic Park guy, but that looks interesting. I think it looks all right. I liked the first Jurassic Park. I liked Mm -hmm. the first Jurassic World. I didn't see the second Jurassic World. I should probably watch it. I don't think we did either, but I don't know. But yeah, I thought the new one looks fun. Anytime you bring back Jeff Goldblum, I'm like... And hey, I love Sam Neill. And... um, yeah, that's true. Laura Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the most important thing to take out of this podcast is you have your homework assignment for next week. I would like to know from all of you besties what you would do for a million dollars. So please send that to me, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We can revisit this topic on next week's episode. Uh, have we? Is this finally three ten? I feel like for the last three weeks I've been saying it's episode three ten. This is three. We finally hit it. Three hundred and ten episodes in the hopper. Boy, oh boy, where does Nate the time go? Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email: podcast at ddtwrestling dot com. You can listen to our entire back catalog by going to your podcast repository of choice and searching for DDT Wrestling. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and the podcast train a chug a luggin'. 
He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am the Durango Canyon at Durango. No, that's not <laughs> it. I keep saying that every week. Eventually, I just got to change it. At the DC Matthews, thank you for joining us on 310 fabulous episodes. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? If I had a million dollars.